Chapter 15 of The Fairy Spinning Wheel and the Tales It Spun. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Betty B. The Fairy Spinning Wheel and the Tales It Spun by Catul Mendez. Translated by Thomas Jandry Vivian, 1855-1925. The Last of the Fairies Seated in a carriage made out of the shell of a hazelnut and drawn by four ladybirds, the fairy Oriana, who was no bigger than the nail of your little finger, was one day returning to the forest of Brosiliande, where she had long dwelt with her companions and playfellows. She was just getting back from the christening of three young robin redbreasts, which had been celebrated in the cranny of a wall covered over with honeysuckles in flower. The affair had been held in the nest underneath the leaves. The sweet chirpings of the baby birds as they fluttered their little pink, unfledged wings had given promise that they would one day be excellent singers. The fairies' godchildren had behaved themselves excellently, and altogether Oriana had had a very pleasant day of it. She was consequently in an excellent humor, and, as when we are happy, we want to make others so too, she made a point of doing some good service by the way to every person and thing that she met. She slid handfuls of blackberries into the baskets of lads just going to school. She breathed on the buds of the sweetbriar to aid them in opening, and she laid down oaten straws over the dewdrops so that the little caterpillars might not get drowned in crossing them. And, as one becomes all the happier for doing good, so the fairy Oriana was so full of self-satisfaction that, if she had not been afraid of overturning her carriage, she would have stood up and danced in the nutshell. But the hour of her happiness soon came to an end. Alas, what had happened? She was certain she had followed the right road, Yet there, where the forest of Brosiliande had formerly waved its green depths in the breeze, there now spread nothing but a vast plain, marked here and there with a huge building, while overhead the sky was grimy, with black smoke. "'Oh, what has become of you, dear green and golden glades?' cried Oriana. "'Glades where we used to dance in the clear starlight? And where are the clumps of rose-bushes, the hawthorn thickets, the grottoes where we slept upon mosses amid perfumes and music, and what has become of the underground palace with its crystal walls, which we used to light up on fete days with thousands of living jewels, and what has become of you, Ergande, Ergola, Alcine, Vivian, and Holda, and Melusine, and you, Melandra, and you, Ariel, and Mab, and Titania, whatever has become of you all? ah poor oriana said a lizard who was running away to hide himself in the rocks in vain you call crowds of rough and thoughtless men have invaded your peaceful solitudes in order that they might build those ugly houses and open a passage for frightful machines breathing smoke and flames they have cut down your trees set fire to the rose bushes and hawthorns filled up your mysterious grottoes and crystal palaces with rocks while all the fairies have been killed in the general disaster. I saw Habandi, who was trying to escape. 
die under the foot of a workman as though she had been a grasshopper on hearing this oriana began to cry bitterly over the unfortunate fate of her dear companions and about her own misfortunes also for as you will allow it was a very melancholy thing to be the only fairy living in the world what should she do where could she hide herself who would shield her against the fury of wicked men her first thought was to flee to get away from this sad place where all her sisters had perished but she soon found that she could not do so in a coach as had been her custom the four little ladybirds to whom she had always been so kind having overheard the lizard's story and taken flight with all the ingratitude and speed they were able to put into their wings this behavior was keenly felt by oriana especially as there was nothing she so much detested as walking she made the best of it however and set out gingerly picking her way between blades of grass and weeds which were taller than she she had resolved to go back to the robin redbreasts in the honeysuckle covered wall surely the father and mother of her little godchildren would not fail to welcome her and their nest would be a refuge for her at least until the autumn but oriana could not travel as fast on two little legs as she could in a hazelnut drawn by flying ladybirds and the whole day passed before she saw the flowery wall you can imagine how tired she was but she knew now that she would soon be at rest it is i she called out as she drew near it is i the fairy godmother come down and take me on your wings dear birds and carry me into your mossy house but there was no reply not a single head was pushed out from between the leaves to see who was there and oriana on looking closer saw that someone had stuck a piece of white china in the wall and fastened a long piece of wire to it exactly in the place where the nest had been as she turned to go not knowing what would become of her she saw a woman carrying a basket of wheat in her arms and who was pushing open the door of a barn ah madam cried oriana if you will take me with you and protect me you will never have cause to repent of it fairies know better than any one else how to separate the good grain from the troublesome tares and how to winnow the wheat without any fan in me you would have a servant who would be thoroughly useful to you and who would save you much labor but either the woman did not hear or pretended that she did not for opening the barn door with a swing she threw the contents of her basket into a machine which winnowed it without the aid of fairies or any one else a little further on oriana came to a river on whose banks stood a number of men they were grouped around a pile of huge bales while in the river lay a ship oriana thought that the men did not understand how to get all these heavy goods on board so she said to them ah gentlemen if you will take care of me and protect me you will never be sorry for it i will call together whole troops of sturdy brownies so strong that they could play leapfrog with burdens on their backs and they will quickly carry these heavy things on board the ship for you truly you would find a good servant in me one who would be very useful to you and who would save you much labor but the men did not hear or at least made out that they did not just then too a great iron hook which no hand seemed to hold came slowly down 
caught hold of one of the bales and after hoisting it into the air quietly dropped it upon the ship's deck without any brownie having to trouble himself the least bit about it as the day wore on the little fairy happened to see two men sitting in an inn playing cards the darkness was coming and the men were leaning over the table in order to make out the color and value of the cards ah gentlemen said oriana if you will keep me with you and protect me you will never repent of it i will bring here hundreds of the glow-worms which light up the woods and you will be able to continue your game with all the pleasure possible truly truly you will find me to be a most useful servant and one who will save you much trouble the card-players did not however hear oriana or at least pretended not to one of them made a sign and immediately three big jets of flame burst out from three iron points and lit up the whole inn much better than three thousand glow-worms could have done oriana could not keep back her tears for she understood now that men and women were becoming too wise to have any more use of a little fairy next day however she managed to pick up a little hope she saw a young girl watching the swallows from her window and as oriana looked at her she thought it is very true that the people of this world have invented a number of extraordinary things but with all their science and all their strength they have never yet invented anything to take the place of love how stupid of me not to have thought of this before then speaking to the maiden the last of the fairies said if you please miss i know that in a far-off country there is a handsome youth as handsome as the day is long who loves you tenderly although he has never seen you he is neither a prince nor the son of a millionaire but his hair makes a golden crown for his head and in his heart he keeps treasures of tenderness for you if you consent i will bring him here in a twinkling and you will be the happiest girl that ever lived that certainly is a very charming promise you are making me said the young girl very much astonished as you may imagine at such language from such a little body i will keep it i assure you said oriana and what will you ask of me in return for such service oh scarcely anything replied the fairy only that you will allow me to hide myself in one of the dimples that come about the corners of your mouth whenever you smile and to do this i will make myself even smaller than i am now as you please then said the girl smiling it's a bargain the girl had scarcely finished speaking when oriana no bigger than a little pearl was snuggled in the little rosy nest ah how comfortable it was there and how pleasant it would be to live there always now she would no longer grieve over the destruction of the forest of Brosiliande, and she felt that she had a home and friend at last being a little fairy who kept her word she immediately summoned the handsome youth from the faraway country he at once appeared in the room crowned with his golden curls and knelt before his beloved at that moment however there came in a hideous old man with bleared eyes and withered lips but he carried in his hands an open coffer in which glittered precious stones to the value of more than a million without giving another glance at the kneeling youth the maiden ran to the old man and kissed him smiling so sweetly all the while that poor little oriana was smothered to death in her dimple 
End of section 15. End of The Fairy Spinning Wheel and the Tales It Spun by Catul Mendez. Translated by Thomas Jandry Vivian, 1855 to 1925.